You're listening to a recent sermon from Covenant Church. For more information or other sermons like this one, you can find us at covenantchurchonline.com. And now, with a message from our latest series, The King, here is our pastor, Travis Davenport. Well, today we are in week four of our uh, series entitled The King. I've really, really enjoyed um, preaching through this, this topical sermon about our King, the King, King Jesus. Have you guys enjoyed this sermon series so far? Have you really? Yeah, I have too. It's been great. Um, <clears throat> well, a couple, a couple months ago, my wife and I, I talk about it all the time, we had a couple of babies all at once. It was called uh, having twins. And uh, my, I didn't really have too much to do with it. I mean, I had a little bit to do with it, don't get me wrong. But I didn't have a lot to do with the process of having or birthing um, these children into the world. I actually had nothing to do with that portion at all. Don't claim to. Um, but also, uh, Pastor David and Jera just recently welcomed their, their baby boy, Cohen, uh, into the world. Yeah, give it up for them. And so, I don't know if you're like me, but before you have children, if you've had children, um, if you want to, you know, acknowledge that you have children, um, <laughs> sometimes you're like, I don't know who the kid that is. That's not my kid. <laughs> Other times we acknowledge them. Um, you, you have this thing where you kind of go through in your mind, like, I wonder what they're going to look like. You know what I mean? Because we all have, and, and don't, don't lie, okay? We all have that one relative that we are just praying that our kids don't get that gene. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to, I mean, really, it's true. And uh, so, so uh, yeah, you, you have that going on. And you kind of like guesstimate what your kid's going to look like. You're like, oh, is he going to have my uncle's nose? And, oh, I hope he doesn't have my aunt's ears, you know, whatever it is. And we kind of come um, to, some, to some assumptions, <laughs> to some conclusions maybe. Um, and, and, in fact, I, I did this thing. I was going to show you a picture of it, but it was so awful. I just I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, they have baby uh, generators, on, uh, morphing generators. Have you seen those online? It's like called Baby Morpher. And uh, it, that sounds like an awesome thing. It sounds like your baby's a transformer, but it's really not what it is. <laughs> what it actually is, is you take your face and the face of um, the one that you're having a child with, um, and you put both faces in there, they analyze the faces, and it kind of pops out what your baby is going to look like. And, and so I did that. And, man, I was scared. Like, my child, my child had, it was a, a I put in girl, because I didn't know we were having, and my girl had, like, a mustache. <laughs> and I was like, this is going to be, she's going to have a tough life, you know, the girl with the mustache. I mean, I've met some girls with mustache, but she really has, like, a full-on thick mustache. It was kind of scary. And then, and then you can choose what race, <laughs> what race you are, what race you want your child to come out as, you know what I mean? Which doesn't make sense because you're just putting the both, both the pictures, but maybe just to clarify. So I went through and I chose different races for each of my child, for, you know, for my children. And so I was Caucasian for one, and, that, you know, and then I was African-American, and that was, that was funny. And then because I'm pale, I went instantly from pale to like the opposite of that. That was really strange to see, not going to lie. Orange hair, freckles, and black. It was not, <laughs> it was not a pretty sight, I'll give you a... Oh, whoa, that kid's got problems, right? Uh, we put in Asian. We put in all these different, and it was, it was really funny. But the funniest of all was Caucasian. Thankfully, luckily, none of my kids came out looking like me uh, too much. Uh, they look more like my wife, which I'm thankful about. But anyway, 
just as we cast speculation or, or guesstimation about what our, our future kids are going to look like, we really have no idea. We just have a little bit of a guesstimate. This is sometimes how I think we treat heaven. Are you with me? Sometimes I think we treat heaven like, like oh, we know it's like a real-ish place-ish, right? But what's it going to be like? You know, what's it going to sound like? What, what's going to happen there? And we, we, we don't really know, and sometimes we think that it's going to be made up of clouds, right? We think that construction will take place with clouds or something like, oh, I built a home out of clouds. Wow, it's beautiful, you know? We don't, we, don't, we don't really know. We think of, like, little fat babies, like, just running around naked, shooting arrows at people. Like, is that heaven? <laughs> I mean, like, you're thinking, like, oh, I'm, I'm not really looking forward to heaven that much because I don't play the harp. I like to wear, I like to wear clothes often. Um, <laughs> You know, we think of heaven maybe as just you're naked with a beauty sash and a harp sitting on a cloud. <laughs> you just get a mental image there. I'm really sorry. I just, you know. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. And, and so this is, it's funny, but this is what we think about. We draw these conclusions based upon, you know, uh, years and years of art and years and years of song and story. But when it comes down to it, we're really not sure what heaven will be like until we reference the scripture, which is where we should start. When it comes to death and dying in the afterlife, there are many different opinions, positions that people hold on to as to, as to even what takes place after we die. I'm going to run through very quickly because we're stretched on time today. Very quickly, a couple of the popular, most popular views. Number one, the naturalist. If you're taking notes this morning, the naturalist will tell you that you don't have a soul. You're just a body and that when you die, you just cease to exist. That's it. No more. Poof. It's over. There's no existence of any sort, of any kind, and nothing at all following death. Um, we don't believe that's true, but many people would say that. Number two, the universalist. The universalist would teach that uh, in the end, everyone, or almost everyone, goes to heaven. That hell is pretty empty, if not completely empty, uh, sparsely populated. Universalists will say that, that all religions lead to God, and all paths uh, lead to salvation. You've maybe heard this in songs or... or, uh, or conversations. It's very popular among celebrities and, and people who say all streams lead into, into one, and uh, that all streams lead to, to God. Well, that's not, not true either, um, but, but many people believe this. And uh, yeah, uh, maybe you've even heard of, of people walking around saying the term like, well, I just believe that love wins, right? Okay, okay. And, and you know, I, I believe that love wins too. I just believe that love is a, a man named Jesus Christ who, who has values and stands for truth. You can't have love without truth. And I'm glad that a quarter of us believe that statement. All right, on to the next. <laughs> number three, uh, for the 75% uh, of you guys. Um, number three, the reincarnationists. There we go. We'll tell you that we have multiple successive lives. And that you will die and return, and die and return, and die and return, and die and return. And that you have to pay off your karmic debt uh, to enter into any type of, of, uh, of heaven or paradise or something like that. That you have to pay it off to the God or gods of the universe. You've heard of this, right? And so oftentimes you've heard somebody say, like, you're going to come back as a, as a dog. Or you're going to come back as a slug. You know what I mean? I always thought it would be interesting if you came back as the same person. I don't know. It's kind of just weird. Like, was I here before? Um, number five, the Catholics will teach you something called purgatory. And in our upcoming series in January, you don't want to miss that, in January we're doing a series called Synonym. And we're going to be exploring um, this at greater length. But anyway, 
this idea of purgatory is, is I mean, just to be really honest with you, is, is nowhere in the Bible. That's uh, a starting point, and uh, we just kind of go from there. <laughs> and just, just, to, just to be nice about it, do you know why it's not in the Bible? Because it's not true. Um, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but they'll teach that people can die and then suffer for a while as a part of the finishing of their work for salvation. Um, so that ultimately they might go into heaven. Um, and here's the real question. We can, we can talk about those things all the time. Many views, many, many points, many opinions. But here's, here's the question, the only one that matters. What does the Bible say? That's it. What does the Bible say? The Bible is more important than the opinion of man. Amen? Amen. The Bible is, is, is more absolute than what our culture would like to dictate for us. The Bible is the standard. It, is, it has always been the standard. It was my dad's standard, my grandpa's standard, my great-grandfather's standard, and it hasn't changed since then. It is the same yesterday as it will be tomorrow as it is today. The Bible is the standard from which we look. So if we're looking for a moral absolute, if we're looking for an ethical compass, if we're looking to find out what the afterlife would look like, I would advise we start in scripture. John 14, 1 says this through 7, as we've been discussing through, uh, by the way, all month, this, this idea of, of Jesus being our king. Um, we're going to read John 14 in a moment. Uh, it just bears repeating that Jesus has a kingdom. Every king has a kingdom, and Jesus has a kingdom. And Jesus will deliver his people. You hearing me this morning? Jesus will deliver his people, and he will deal justly with his enemies. Deal justly with his enemies. And, and you and I, by nature uh, and choice, we are born sinners. We are born, Scripture says, enemies of God. We are born rebels, lawbreakers, and enemies. And there is no peace between God and man. You must understand that today. There is no peace to be found between God and man. But God sent Jesus. And when God sent Jesus, he made a way for peace to be attained. He made a way for hope to enter into our lives. Listen to John chapter 14, starting verse 1, says this, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus speaking. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that? I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself. And where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, by the way, Thomas, the ultimate Debbie Downer. Like, how would you like to be Thomas? And we don't even know much about Thomas. Thomas could have been ama an amazing individual. You know that, right? Like, maybe Thomas, like, jumped out on the water after Peter. And, like, he actually made it to Jesus. I don't know. Scripture doesn't say that. I'm not saying he did that, but maybe he did. Maybe, maybe, maybe Thomas was right next to Jesus when, when Lazarus, Lazarus was raised. And, and, and Tom, but the only thing we know about Thomas is that he's a doubter. That's what we know. He's a downer and a doubter. Here's what Thomas says. Thomas says, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? That's what Thomas said. That's how he says it too. Right? And Jesus says to him, I love this. Oh, Thomas. That's what he says. That's like the, and it's like, oh, Thomas, he just knows that. Thomas, I am, I'm the way. Thomas, I don't, I don't know the way. Thomas, Th Thomas, I'm the way. Thomas is looking like for a map, right? 
how do I, I'm trying to figure, it's not going in location-wise, MapQuest, Google, I don't, no, 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 put away your phone, Thomas. Like, I'm the way. Like, just, just follow me. Do what I tell you to do. I am the way. And by the way, I'm, I'm the way, I'm also the truth, and, and I'm the life. And, and you're not going to get to God. You're not going to get to the Father unless you come through me. So put away your iPhone, put away your Google Maps, put, definitely put away your Android, because I am... Sorry, I just got to deal with Apple. I am, I am the way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do, you do know him and you have seen him because you've seen me. It's a good verse. So for those of us who believe in Jesus, for those of us who believe Jesus to be the way, the truth, and the life, when we die, we will be with Christ in his kingdom. I think that we've got the sparse clap disease today. We've got the clap, and it's not, I'm just saying. We need to have uh, some excitement. I mean, when we die, we will spend eternity, for those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in our king. We know that our king has a kingdom, that he rules and reigns from the throne of heaven, and one day we will join him there for all of eternity. I wish someone would praise the Lord this morning. Yeah. Here's a couple things that we know about heaven. Real quick. Number one, if you're taking notes, heaven is a real place. Heaven is a real place. Look at your neighbor. Slap him on the head. Say, it's a real place. It's a real place. Revelation 21 talks about this heaven coming down from uh, the sky and that it is a real place. It is, it is a place of, that you can touch. Um, this idea of baby angels on clouds, you know. To be honest with you, when I was younger, I didn't want to go to heaven. I wanted to go to hell when I was little. Can I say that? Why? Because hell sounded awesome. Seriously, think about it. When I was younger, when I was very young, people would be like, the pastor would be like, you don't want to go to hell. Everybody who parties goes to hell. Every one of your friends is going to be in hell. <laughs> when you go to heaven, praise Jesus. You're going to get a corner lot in heaven and have your own cloud. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go the other way. All my friends are going to be there. And everybody who parties is going to be there. Yeah, kind of a no-brainer, right? I am pale. I will burn. But, you know. We make heaven sound so boring. I mean, am I wrong? We make heaven sound so boring. It's because we don't know what it's like. We don't know what's going to be taking place. We don't, we don't know what goes on there. Let me just describe this heaven to you. Okay? Because it's not a bunch of clouds. It's, it's not just this, this intangible thing. There's these, you know, these weird, I don't know, shapes and colors and things and blobs of goo that float around. I don't know what you think about heaven. I don't really know, and you don't either, to be honest with you. You don't. This is what Scripture has to say about heaven. In Revelation chapter 21, it says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the, for the, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Let me jump down here. Let me jump down here. I want to get the right portion of Scripture here. Here we go. Let's go to verse 9. Look at this. Look at this. 21.9. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, come, I will show you the bride, 
the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain. Here this, here's, here's seven. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. And he carried me away to a high mountain. He showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven of God. Having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had, great, it had a great high wall. It's a physical structure. Heaven is a real place. A great high wall with 12 gates. Real gates. And at the gates, 12 angels. And on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates. That's pretty descriptive, right? Verse 14. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Verse 15. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and its walls. The city lies four square, its length the same as its width. And, and he measured the city with a rod, 12,000 stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measures its wall, 144 cubits by human measurement. With, okay, it's a real place. That's not metaphorical, like, oh, that 144 cubits is representative of the tribes of... No, it means it's 144 cubits high. It's a literal place. Heaven is a real place. Listen to this. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a gate, the fourth emerald, the fifth, onyx, the sixth, carnelian, the seventh, chrysolite, the eighth, beryl, the ninth, topaz, the tenth, you can read it, the eleventh, jacinth, <laughs> the twelfth, amethyst, it's so good, I just don't want to speak it out loud, the twelfth, <laughs> amethyst, <laughs> and the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl, each of the gates made of a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Heaven is a real place. Heaven is a real place. And get this. You, I love this. I love this. Get this. <laughs> we work so hard for wealth and money and treasure here on this earth, don't we? I mean, when we propose, the most, the, one of those singular, important, single most important moments of our life is when you get down on your knee and you ask the woman of your dreams to marry you. And what do you hand her? You, you hand her, what's that? Yeah, I thought someone said mortgage. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Will you take this on? Amen. <laughs> you hand her a ring. You hand her a precious stone. Why? It's representative of something sacred. And it's something that we work our entire lives for. It's something that people break in and steal. Something so tiny. Something so small, yet worth so much. You know what is made out of diamonds, gold, and jasper in heaven? The ground you walk on. Now you think about that. The most famous, most important, most expensive things that we work our whole lives for are nothing but asphalt and concrete in heaven. Do you know why? Because the real treasure is Jesus Christ. The real treasure is our king. Christ the king is the real treasure. Revelation 22, 1 through 5. This is good. This is this is, I'm not even preaching yet. Revelation 22, 1 through 5 says this. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. 
The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face. Do you hear that? This king, this savior, Jesus. They will see his face. The other night, I spent some time with with my son, Noah, and... uh, and I told you we've been, we've been experimenting with different ways to get a, a better reaction to certain situations than we are currently receiving from him. <laughs> and uh, one of the things he said to me, and it broke my heart. It really did. He said, God, Dad, I just wish that I could talk to God face to face. That's what he told me. You know? I said, I know, buddy. Do you know what I got to be able to say to him? It's okay, buddy. One day you will. One day you will talk to Jesus face to face. That's what heaven's like. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will need no light or lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. Not only is Jesus Christ the king our treasure, but Jesus Christ the king is our source of light. I want you to know, people, I want you to know, church, I want you to know, dear friends, that heaven is for real. Heaven is a place with a real king. Heaven is a place with real walls. Heaven is a place that will be filled and home to real people. Not a city built by the hands of man, but a kingdom built by the hands of God himself. The Bible describes heaven as a place of unimaginable beauty, where no eye has seen, no ear has heard, a place of great feasting and laughter and joy, a place complete with complete and utter fulfillment and satisfaction, a place where where we have renewed heavenly bodies, amen? Amen. Some of you better amen louder louder than others. (laughs) You spent a lifetime doing, doing this, right? And God's like, all right, I'll give you a warning, you know? Amen, right? Bodies that will never die. Heaven is a real place. Number two, heaven is a place of real peace. Heaven is a real place. Heaven is a place of real peace. I don't know if you're like me. I hate watching the news anymore. Every single week. This last week, there's a shooter in a a D.C. naval shipyard, right? Killing, what, 12, 13 individuals? If it's not that, it's a, a shooting in a school. Sandy Hook Elementary, if it's not that, it's something going on in Syria. If it's not that, it's Egypt going crazy. If it's not that, then it's some conspiracy, something happened over in Benghazi. We live in a time of unrest. And you say, well, yeah, but we have the Internet now and TV now, and you see it all. No, 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 let me rest assured. I mean, let, let be rest assured. We live in a time of unrest. We live in a time right now of great unrest. I want you to know that someday, someday, that will change. Revelation 21, 3 through 4 says this, And I heard a loud voice from heaven, saying, from the throne, saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And here's the verse. He will wipe every tear away from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain. For the former things have passed away. The former things have passed away. Look to your neighbor and say, former things. 
right now we are living in the former things. You get that? They are our current things, but someday they will be our former things. So don't build your life trying to construct something to be in the present. We need to build our life on what is in our future because our current will someday be our former. Do you understand that? And so we build a life to, oh, that hurts. Oh, that's painful. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, this hurts. And, all that, that, and God's saying, no, someday all that will pass away and I will wipe away every tear from every eye. No more sickness. No more sadness. No more aches and pains. No more growing old. I'm talking no more turning 40. <laughs> or 50 or 60 or 70 or 80. Think about it. No more cancer. I guarantee you every single one of us knows one person that's close to us that has passed away from cancer. My grandmother, when I was in sixth grade, died of cancer. Other family members that I have died of cancer. What I'm telling you <laughs> is that if, if heaven was only this, if heaven was just the place where cancer never existed, we would go crazy. But I'm saying that's just another day in heaven. No more cancer. No more AIDS, no more injustice, no more hate, no more depression, no more racism, no more bigotry, no more gossip, evil, envy. Heaven is a place of real peace. Scripture says heaven is a place where the lion lays down with the lamb. And lastly this, heaven is a place of real rewards. Heaven is a real place. Heaven is a place of real peace. Heaven is a place of real rewards. On, every, on earth, everybody gets a blue ribbon, right? I hate to break it to you. But it's like, most times she showed up and tried hard. There's a ribbon, right? What's your ribbon for? Most times showed up and tried hard. I'm a winner. Right? You do know, like, first place can't be shared by more than, like, one person or one team. We all win first place in here, kids, because we all gave it our... Nope. 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 There's a gold, silver, and uh, no one cares about the other one. So... But in heaven, heaven, it's a place of real rewards. It's a place of real rewards. 1 Peter 1, 4 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's good enough. But here it says in verse 4, To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in where? Heaven. For you. For you. You say, well, how do I attain that? How do I get that? How do I get those gold stars? Number one, they're not going to be gold stars. Okay? Guarantee you. This is how you get them. 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Oh, wait. What? I thought that once I accepted Christ, I just got into heaven and got like a house and like a horse that flew around and stuff. I don't what, like what? No. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether what? Good or evil. <laughs> now, understand this. As followers of Christ, it is not our eternal destination that is being judged here in our judgment. Uh, for a Christian, it, it, you know, once you are a child of God, you are always a child of God. Amen? Once your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, I know that's Christianese to some of you. 
But what it means basically is that once the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of you and you have acknowledged that Jesus is your king and you have abandoned everything and you begin to follow him, that Jesus is clear when he says to us he will never leave us or forsake us. Once that takes place in your life, we're not talking about whether you will be judged on the state of your eternity, whether it be heaven or hell. What we're talking about here is a judgment that takes place to determine how much God is going to reward you for what you did with the things he gave you on earth. So let me ask you this, Christian. What have you done with your life up to this point? What have you done for Jesus with your life up to this point? Talking about, well, I got this house and I got this stuff. and No, no, no. Maybe you misunderstood me. What have you done to build the kingdom of Jesus Christ? To populate this place we are talking about. What have you done? Because those are the things you will be judged on. Oh, also, you will be judged on how you return your wife to God. You're accountable for your family. You're accountable for your children. Is your wife better emotionally? Is your wife better physically? Is your wife better mentally? Is your wife especially, is she better spiritually? Will God, her father, stand before you and say, how'd you treat my girl on earth? And what do you say? Oh, Lord, I tried. God. I tried, right? (laughs) It's not good enough. You stand before God and have to give an account for your children. What did you do with the children that I gave you? Someday we will be judged, and we will, uh, the scripture says that our good works, our works will be burned up in the fire, and there will be no more, or they will be rewarded. Did you do it for God? Did you do it for yourself? Heaven is a place of real reward. Heaven is a place of real reward. Imagine for a moment the worship that will take place in heaven. Scripture, so much scripture about this. So much I can't even get in time, time into it. Revelation 19. I mean, how do you describe heaven in 30, 45 minutes? Revelation 19, 15 through 7, talking about all heaven, saying hallelujah, all the creation. Revelation chapter 7, all the angels that were ever created, saying amen, blessing and glory and wisdom to the one true king. Or all of creation coming together, saying holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Heaven is a place of real worship. Imagine worshiping our God face to face. Imagine that. But listen, listen, friends, I would be remiss if I did not say this. Just as heaven is a real place, just as much as heaven is a real place, there is also another place. Because you have to understand that the world as we know it right now, it is not the world as God finished it. The world as we know it now is not the world as God finished it. In Genesis chapter 1, 31, the Bible says, When God completed his work, he looked at all that he had made, and he declared it to be very good. But then sin entered the world. Are you following me? But then sin entered into the world. And the sin and the suffering and the sickness that we endure today is a result of our rebellion of our, and this is graphic, I know, but our taking, our placing of our middle finger into the face of God. It's exactly what it is. That's what sin is. Saying, I hear what you're saying. I know better. I'm going to do what I want to do. It's rebellion. We've taken on this earth what God meant for good, and because of sin, we have made it not good. <laughs> Listen to me, friends. It is our doing 
and not God's doing. Do you hear me? It is our doing that this world is not good, not God's doing. And while Jesus says that there is a kingdom and that he, in fact, is a king, and that for those of us who call him king, for those of us who give him our lives for, for those of us who decide that his kingdom is worth, is worth waiting for and building for, there is one day the promise of an eternal existence with Jesus Christ in heaven, in paradise. Thanks for listening to this recent sermon from our series, The King at Covenant Church. If you've made any type of decision today after listening to this message, we'd love to hear your story. Please take a moment to write us at mystory@covenantchurchonline.com and check back each week for more exciting and impactful sermon audio just like this.